You are tuning in to Amazing Discoveries in Bible Prophecy. Join us for this weekly, thought-provoking Bible prophecy series that gives hope in the midst of a troubled world. Discover how prophecy provides meaning, purpose, and life-changing truths that is guaranteed to transform your life. This is a pre-recorded, interactive Bible study, and we welcome you to join in and listen in. Okay. Uh, I hope everyone's doing well today. We're going to get started. Um, I hope you all had a great week, um, or uh, actually the week is just beginning. Um, and we're going to get started. We have a cool study today, which is about heaven and the glorious kingdom. That's what it's called. Um, and some cool things that we can learn about heaven. But as we get started, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. So if everyone could please uh, pray with me right now, and I hope you have your Bibles, pens, or whatever. And I hope that you all have received the study. If not, it's going to pop up on the screen as I share it to you all. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for truth. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus, because we know Jesus is the truth. So I ask that you'll send us the Holy Spirit and uh, be with us today so we understand everything, please. I know you're already here. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to get started um, talking about the glorious kingdom. And if you could please uh, give me a thumbs up if you can see the screen that I have popped up. Give me a thumbs up or something if you can see the screen. Um, I'll wait. Yeah, Roger sees the screen. Okay. Courtney, okay, okay, okay. Marvin, everyone sees the screen. Hello, Jeff. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. I hope you can see our screen. If you can, you can give me a thumbs up so I know that everything's working on my end. This is my favorite topic. Now, sometimes what I like to do is I like to, before I go to sleep, just sit and dream about heaven. And of course, this topic is on heaven. And I don't know why, but not dream, but just think and reflect about what things are going to be like in heaven is just cool to me and it makes me want to go a bit more and so i really enjoy talking about heaven it's one thing that makes me very 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 excited above all else because we know heaven is when christ will make his final redemption let me explain what that means when jesus went to calvary's cross he redeemed the entire human race from sin and suffering at calvary's cross he made redemption possible but we're still living in sin and we're still under the curse of suffering that means we will not be completely free from sin and suffering until jesus comes to take us from heaven or take us to heaven i'm sorry so that means at calvary's cross he bought my way into heaven and he bought my redemption and when he comes redemption will be complete so let's talk about that for just a moment. Uh, in the book of John is where we're going to begin. John chapter 14 and verse 2, which is where we're going to begin because this is a wonderful promise that Christ has for us. And uh, if you would like to read with me, um, uh, Courtney, since you're the first person there, can you, would you mind um, reading John 14 and verse 2, my favorite text in the Bible after John 1, so my second favorite text. Can you read it for yes. us? No problem. One moment, John 14 and 2. It says, In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, 
would I have told you that I go prepare a place for you. Thank you very much, Courtney. He says, in my father's house, and yours said rooms, right? Yes, rooms. All right. Now, that's a very important thing that I want to mention there. Um, the, the Greek word that is used is rooms. And if you have a King James Bible, if you have a new King James like myself, you'll notice that it says, in my father's house are many mansions. Um, the nature of what the uh, what we're going to live in when we get to heaven, we don't really know what it's going to be like. But we know for a fact that because Jesus was using a an analogy here, he's saying heaven is my father's house and there are lots of rooms. The point is there's room in heaven for all of us. And so Jesus is right now in heaven, what the Bible says, preparing a place for us. He's making it so that we can find uh, uh, residence in the kingdom of heaven. So in my father's house, there are many rooms. And as the, the King James says, many mansions, there's glorious buildings for us to live in, in heaven. So he's preparing a place for us, but he's not just preparing one place. Uh, uh, in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17, the Bible says he will create a new heaven and a new earth. So after we've been in heaven for a thousand years, he's going to recreate the world and make a new heaven and a new earth. And according to Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 21, the Bible says they shall build houses and inhabit them. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 21, that last text mentioned there. In other words, in heaven, this is, this is really cool. In heaven, right now, Jesus is preparing a place for me and you. He's got a house, he's got a room, he's got some dwelling, residence, uh, available for me and you. But Isaiah 65 says, when we get to heaven, we are going to build our own houses and dwell in them. So the cool thing about it is, the Bible is basically telling us, when we get to heaven, we're going to have two houses. One that's built by God and one that's built by us. Two homes in heaven, and neither of them have mortgage, rent, bills or anything like that. We're all going to heaven free because of the blood of Jesus. That's the good news. Uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 quickly. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And Uncle Marvin, could you read Hebrews 11 and verse 16 for us? Yeah, Hebrews eleven sixteen. you said? Yes, please. Uh, but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly where, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Thank you very much. Um, it, it, this, this is one of my favorite texts. Well, I say this is one. Of, I say everything's my favorite text, but the whole Bible is good to me. But I like this text because um, it's talking about the children of Israel, Abraham and, and not, well, Ness, Abraham's not a children of Israel, but the children of Israel, as they were coming out of Egypt, they were looking for a better country. And that country was to be their own country. Uh, that what we know today as Israel or the Canaan land, they were looking for a better country that is free from oppression, where they could worship, could worship God uh, under the dictates of their own conscience. And here it is, us living in 2020, most of us on this call, I think all of us on this call, live in the United States of America. And we know 
that the United States is going through a lot of things. We know that this country is not perfect. And if you don't know that, I think you're blindly looking. This country is not perfect and this world is not perfect. But according to Hebrews, we look for a better country that is a heavenly country where none of the things of sin dwell. And so we need to understand that God is preparing a place for us and we're trying to go there. That doesn't mean we ignore the problems of this world today, but that means we focus on trying to get to heaven. So let's talk a little bit more about heaven because um, um, Uncle Marvin just read in, in Hebrews 11 that that country is called a city. Notice that. That country is called a city. In other words, heaven is a city. Now, what else do we know about this city? Revelation can tell us a few things about the city that is called heaven. And I'm going to ask Jeff to read just the first text, uh, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 2. Revelation 21 and verse 2. What do we know about this city? Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, Jeff, before you, before you mute yourself, I want to ask you a question. What does God call this city? What's the name of it? Holy, the holy city. And then what's the, the New name? Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem. So God yeah. says that city is going to be called the New Jerusalem. Heaven is called the New Jerusalem. The reason it's called the New Jerusalem is because the old Jerusalem, that was God's holy city. That was where his presence was. In Jerusalem was the temple. And the temple, inside the temple was a thing called the Shekinah glory. And the Shekinah glory represented the presence of God. So the reason Jerusalem was so special is because God's presence was there. And the reason heaven is called the New Jerusalem is the same principle, God's presence is there. So the name of the city is called the New Jerusalem. But in verse six, uh, in verse 10, actually, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 10, here's what we read. I'll read it to you. Revelation 21 and verse 10, and it says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, that holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now let's keep reading. It says, having the glory of God. That means the presence of God is in it. Her light was like a precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Pay attention. And it says in verse 12, also she had a great and high wall with 12 gates, 12 angels at the gates, and names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So here's cool. Heaven is this beautiful city that has 12 gates. 12 gates around it. Now, of course, uh, verse 13 and 14 will tell us there's three gates on the east and three gates on the west and three gates on the north and three gates on the south, which get, gives us the conclusion that the New Jerusalem is a square and there's three gates. Why did there have to be so many gates? Because there's so many people that are going to need to go into heaven at once. God has to have a multitude of gates in order for us to all get in there at the same time. So there are 12 gates to this city. But we keep reading and we find in verse 18, verse 18, uh, verse 17 will tell you how big the walls are and how big the gates are. It, it, it's all cool information. Uh, you guys should read it. But verse 
18 says the construction of its wall was of jasper. So we have these gates that are made of pearl. Uh, if I didn't read that to you already, it tells you that in verse 21. The gates are made of pearl. The walls of the city are made of jasper. And then it says the rest of the city, that is the, the foundations of the city, the street is like gold. Now this is interesting to me because um, these are all the most expensive uh, uh, artifacts known to humanity. We don't see gold lying around in the streets. Now the Bible does tell us that when God made Adam and Eve, that the gold and the and all those stones they sat on top of the earth, you know, just sit, just lying on the grass. But now those things are buried deep. But the Bible says heaven is a city that's made out of gold. Uh, it, it says the gates are made out of pearl. One big giant pearl makes one gate. And then of course uh, we have the walls being made of jasper. In verse 21 it tells us that those 12 gates made of pearl. And then it says the street was like pure gold, so pure that it was transparent. You can see through the gold. This is the glorious city that God has dwelled, has made for us. And I wanna make this clear. The Bible doesn't say it's his city. The Bible doesn't say it's the angel city. The Bible says it's your city. Your home is made out of gold. See, this is what we have to put in our mind. Our home is a home of gold. Our home is expensive and rich. Down here, we may have the measly old homes that we have that are made out of wood and stone, but in heaven, we have a home made out of pure gold. That's good news for us. And if you guys have any questions or comments, you guys can put those in the, the chat. Um, but there's a note right there, if you're looking at the screen, the note tells you how, how big heaven is. And of course, the Bible will tell you how long the city is. It tells you that in verse 16 and in verse 17 of Revelation 21. Uh, and that note will help you convert uh, each measurement that the Bible gives into measurements that we understand. And so the Bible says that the length of the city, the distance around the city is about 1,500 miles. That's a big city, but what we can be mindful of is that God has room for everybody in the city. It's big enough for everybody to be in it at once. But let's look at number four. So we're going to heaven. Cities made out of gold, gates of pearl. There's so many gates that we all can get in there at the same time. Okay, when we get to heaven, then what are we going to eat? You know, I want to know that because when I think of good things, I think of food. I have a problem. I really enjoy food. So I want to know what are we going to eat in heaven? Roger, would you mind reading to us Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2? Twenty-two, verse one and two, if you can. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood a, stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Thank you so much, Roger. Um, 
um, this is this is cool because there's a song actually that I know. It's an old song, but it's a song that I know that's based on this text. And of course, the Bible says in the middle of that city, in the middle of heaven, there's this long river. Uh, we don't know what the name of the river is, but the Bible says we can just call it the river of life. And this river of life has on each side of it the tree of life. Notice this. It's one tree, but it's on each side of the river, which means that one tree has two trunks. <laughs> This is a big tree. You see what I'm saying? It's a big tree with two trunks on each side of the river. Of course, it, I imagine it connecting uh, uh, over the river and things of that nature. And the Bible says each month, the tree of life gives a new fruit. Of course, down here, you have an apple tree, you have an orange tree, and you have a lemon tree. You know, each tree is different. But the Bible says the tree of life switches every month. So maybe in January, it produces apples and then maybe in in uh february it makes cherries i know cherries don't do cherries go on growing trees i'm not sure if you know put it in the chat or something then maybe the next day it'll be a lemon and we need to understand that the fruit that we taste down here is the fruit that has been affected by sin so up there in heaven the fruit is going to taste 10 times better oh thank you courtney so cherries two crown trees but the fruit there is going to taste 10 times better but here's another thing we need to understand about heaven and diet. That is, in heaven, there's not going to be any death. We understand this from Revelation chapter 19, which tells us that the Lord would destroy death. If there's no death, then that means animals will not die in heaven. If animals will not die in heaven, then what do you think we're going to eat? <laughs> Anybody got a guess? What do you think? Does Are we going to eat animals in heaven? Do you think we are? Yes or no? I don't know. What do you think? You can put it in the chat or you can turn on your mic and tell me what you think. Pastor Troy says no. Courtney says no. Okay. The truth of the matter is in heaven, we won't be eating any flesh foods. So that means we're going to be vegetarian in heaven. Now, the truth is the best diet to have is a vegetarian diet today, but that doesn't mean if you eat a little meat, uh, you're going to hell immediately. That's not what that means. But what it does mean is in heaven, we will not be eating meat because there will be no death. We're all going to be vegetarian. Now, let me use my imagination for a minute. Because when we talk about heaven, we, we, we just can't even fathom it completely. So sometimes we have to use our imagination. I think that there are some people that really, really love meat. <laughs> uh, uh, I've had meat so many times and I do miss it sometimes. So when I get to heaven, I, there are going to be some people that are probably going to want to have that flesh meat and things of that nature. But the Bible says that we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So maybe the Lord will change our taste buds before we go to heaven so that when we get there, we will like the food of heaven better than we like the food here. So don't think you're going to miss anything. Yeah, that's right. The craving will be taken away. Don't think you're going to miss any meat or anything like that. In heaven, the food will taste 10 times better. And I know for a fact that not everything that's vegetarian tastes good on earth. But we know that in heaven, everything <laughs> will taste good. Uh, let's keep going. Because we got to think about this heaven. It's so beautiful. What's the difference between heavenly living and earthly living? And we need to understand something. We don't, oh, Marvin, you said, what's the healing of the nations? Let me uh, explain that to you. So in Revelation chapter 22, 
the leaves of the tree of life. Revelation chapter 22, it says that the leaves on the tree of life, verse two, are for the healing of the nations. In order to understand what that means, we need to go to the book of Genesis. And Genesis tells us, uh, let's go to Genesis right now, Genesis chapter three, and we understand something about the nature of the tree of life. Genesis chapter three, and Uncle Marvin, would you mind reading Genesis chapter three uh, and verse verse 22 for us so that we can get this answer? Genesis three and verse 22, if you're there. Yeah, three and, three and 22, okay, I'm sorry. Um, and the Lord said, behold, the man has become as one of us, no good and evil and now lest we put forth his hand and take away the tree of life and eat and live forever notice what it says it says we have to or well in verse 23 it says the lord sent him out of the garden uh, so that he would not eat from the tree of life the reason being is because if he took forth his hand took also of the tree of life he would eat and what does it say uncle marvin Verse 22, lest he take of the tree of life, eat and at and the end of and live, Yeah, live forever, I'm sorry. And live forever. In other words, meaning that the, 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 the virtue of immortality, God put in the tree of life, that when we eat that, we would receive power from it to live forever. So when we get to heaven, the tree of life will give us the power uh, or the strength so that we can live forever. That's the healing of the nations, healing us from the stain of death. That's what we understand from that. Uh, there's not much else mentioned of the tree of life in the Bible. So we have those two texts to explain that question right there. That's what it means by the healing of the nations. Hope that answered the question. So in Isaiah chapter 35, Isaiah chapter 35, now understand, uh, on, back on that concept of the healing of the nations and, and living forever, we got to understand we're not immortal. Adam and Eve weren't even immortal. The Bible says God alone has immortality, but he gives it to us through uh, his own power and his own choosing, and he's chosen to give it to us through the tree of life. Isaiah chapter 35, though. We're in Isaiah 35, and sometimes I don't like the order that they do these things, so I kind of mix it up, but uh, we're talking about how different heaven is going to be from earth. Isaiah 35 and verse 5, it says, the eyes of the blind shall be open. So if you're blind now, you won't be blind up there. And in fact, I have glasses, you see, and I see uh, Courtney has glasses too, and maybe some of you have glasses. I'm looking at the pictures there. But when we get to heaven, we won't need these anymore. <laughs> we won't even need contacts for those of you who wear those. Bible says in Isaiah 35 and verse 5, the ears of the deaf shall be deaf shall be unstopped. So all of those deficiencies and disabilities that we have on this earth, they'll be taken away. Isaiah 35 and verse 6 says, the lame, that means a man who can't walk, he'll leap like a deer. He'll be able to walk and jump again. Those who are mute will be able to speak. All of those things that we consider are common to human existence, that when I say common, I mean they just happen. Well, understand, those things won't happen anymore in heaven will be changed we will have perfect wonderful existence in life and it will be a wonderful wonderful thing to be there the bible says in isaiah 65 
and verse 25 concerning animals in heaven. Let's read this right here because this, cool, this is a cool one. Isaiah 65 and verse 25, the Bible says here that the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of the holy mountain. That is to say, in heaven, lions won't hunt. The animals also will be vegetarian. So we won't have to worry about any animals dying. We don't have to worry about any bloodshed taking place. Everything will be peaceful and wonderful. The entire food chain system that we know in heaven, I mean, we know on earth will change in heaven. Everything will be different. And we need to get that through our minds because there are a lot of people that say, well, if heavens, if we can't do this in heaven, then I'm not gonna want it. We really need to understand heavenly existence is completely different from earth all the things we know on this earth are completely different in heaven and we need to get that through our minds uh, isaiah 11 and verse 6 will tell us that the wolf shall also dwell with the lamb uh, that that is to say those animals that are at the top of the food chain will be hanging out with the animals at the bottom of the food chain everybody is on an equal plane Let's go back to Isaiah 35, and it tells us here in verse 1 that the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall, yes, it shall blossom abundantly, even with joy and singing. In other words, the Bible is saying down here we have deserts, and down here we have wastelands, and down here we have areas that are too hot and too cold. All of that stuff won't take place in heaven. In heaven, uh, the temperature would be a nice stable temperature. In heaven, everything will bring forth fruit and vegetation. There won't be any wastelands. There won't be any deserts and, and dry lands. Everything is going to be wonderful and, and everything in heaven will say, will be the embodiment of one word and that's life. When you go to a desert, that's death, unless you're a cactus. <laughs> You know, nothing can survive in a desert, but in heaven, there will be no desert because there's life. All, everything in the entire nature world will testify to the life-giving power of God. Revelation 21 and verse four, Bible says, there shall be no more uh, uh, pain, neither sorrow nor crying. And we need to understand the meaning of those words. Pain comes in many forms. Uh, pain is physical. Pain is mental. Pain comes in many different forms. But the Bible says all of these things shall pass away. They won't exist. Our human existence is full of certain things in life. Depression, anxiety, these types of things are normal on this earth. But the Bible says in heaven, there'll be no more cancer and 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 disease diabetes and and other various diseases that cause death and take the lives of individuals will be no more coronavirus will be no more in heaven all of these things the bible says are former former means they used to exist but when we get to heaven they won't exist anymore and so some people will say well what happened to this what happened to that it doesn't exist anymore because there is no more sin and if there is no more sin then there'll be no more suffering. Now, what about bodies? I like how this, the, the lesson asks very pointed questions. 
but we got to understand this because I talked about disease just right now. If in heaven there's no disease, how is that going to be possible? Because right now the body that I have is prone to disease. I could be sick right now and I don't really know it. The body that I have is prone to disease. But Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21 says that the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change the body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. In other words, the Bible is saying when we go to heaven, we're going to have a new body. The very form that we see now will be changed. This body that I have is prone to disease, is prone to sickness, is prone to germs, it's, it's been contaminated. But when I get to heaven, all of that will be changed. I'll get a new body. Uh, uh, when I get to heaven, the Bible says that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, that's an important reason, because there are some people that say, what if an individual was cremated when they died? Or what if an individual's body was completely decomposed or dismembered when they die? How will they come back to the resurrection of life? The Bible says that they'll get a new body anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> we will all have a new glorious body, just as Jesus did when he was resurrected from the dead. Uh, proof of this is you remember when Jesus rose from the dead and Luke chapter 24 and verse 39 tells you this Jesus when he rose from the dead he he was went to his disciples and he said look my hands and my feet you can see all these things you you see that I'm flesh and bone but he says don't touch me because I haven't ascended yet to my father so that is to say the question is, in heaven, are we going to be spirits or are we going to have flesh and bones? And when Jesus resurrected from the dead, in Luke 24 and verse 39, the Bible says that he had flesh and bones. Uh, Luke 24 and verse 39. Let's read that really quickly. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see it. Luke 24 and verse 39, and it says right here, behold, my hands, my feet. That is, I myself handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. In heaven, we're not going to be ghosts floating around. You see, we're not going to be, you know, some souls that can walk through walls and things of that nature. No, we're going to have actual bodies that we can touch and feel, but it will be the highest expression of our body. It will be the the perfect form of our body, that is the body that's not contaminated by sin, the body that's not affected by the suffering that sin has caused. Did that make sense? Thumbs up if it did. Um, and please, please, please ask questions as we're going along, because this is, I, 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 this is not one of those things that, you know, we have to, uh, this is not one of those things that's really deep, but this is one of those things that is very interesting and fun. And these are just cool questions to have. Well, is this going to happen in heaven? Is this going to happen in heaven? You know, I just like talking about these cool things. Uh, in Acts chapter three, and uh, I don't know who can read for me. Uh, let's see, Jeff. It's been a while, so would you like to read for me? Acts chapter 3 and verse 20. 20. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Aren't we going to be about 15 feet tall? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, we have to understand. <laughs> uh, that is true. Um, and the reason that is true is because Adam and Eve were told that they were much, much taller in their days. And, of course, Genesis chapter 6 tells us that... Um, 
in those days they were giants but of course after the flood through diet change and through sin and all those things are taking place we of course degenerated and got smaller over time but in heaven because we're going to have the highest expression we will be much taller because we have to remember the 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 gates and the walls are like 200 and uh, over 200 feet tall you know if we were there just six foot chase in a 200 something wall that's too big you get what i'm saying so we <laughs> are going to grow <laughs> when we get to heaven all right so x 3 20 and 21 yes okay and that he may <clears throat> okay and that he may send jesus christ whom was preached to to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has, has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And Jeff, this answers your question too. The text says that when Jesus comes, it will be the restoration of all things. Mm -hmm. And God has spoken this since the world began. When sin, when God made Adam and Eve, they were tall, they were perfect. Uh, they, they had perfect diets, they had perfect minds. They didn't have any sickness or suffering and things of that nature. Everything was wonderful, but sin destroyed all that. But when Jesus comes, he's going to restore everything that took place back then. We're going to live as if we were in the Garden of Eden. And let me tell you a cool thing about the Garden of Eden. The name of the Garden of Eden in Hebrew is the Garden of Pleasure. Heaven will be a place of pleasure. No suffering, no, no, no pain, no sorrow, just complete pleasure. God will restore all things that he originally created in the beginning of time. I hope that makes sense. Let us continue. And thank you, Jeff, for reading that. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. It says, will we remember the painful memories from this troublesome life? And I think this is a good question. Isaiah 65 and verse 17 says the former things, uh, the former shall... Let's read it here. Isaiah 65 and verse 17, it tells us, for I create, uh, behold, I create new heaven and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Uh, that doesn't mean that God is going to erase your memory. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The Bible is not saying God will erase your memory. It just says it will not come to mind. That is to say that heaven would just be so wonderful that you won't even think about all the troubles that you've been through in your former life. Do you remember in um, Matthew chapter 24, I don't know if you remember this, but in Matthew 24, I believe it's verse 13, the Bible says that in the last days, there are going to be all these awful things that happen. And it says that these are the beginning of sorrows, but the end is not yet. The Greek word that is used there for sorrows is pain in childbirth. Do you know what happens after a mother gives birth to her child? There are hormones that are released that cause the mother to forget all the pain that she formerly had. In other words, heaven will be so wonderful that all of the troubles that we went through in this life, we just won't worry about it. 
we'll forget it because we'll just say, praise God. Even though I went through the pain, I'm glad I'm here right now. So we need to be mindful of the fact and, and we need to look forward to what will take place in heaven. And I'm not, that's not to discredit any pain we go through because we know right now that God is pleading and working for us and he's comforting us and he's there through it for us in everything that we go through. But when we get into heaven, we'll say all of it is incomparable to the joys that Jesus Christ has for us in heaven. And I, I want this to uh i want this to resonate with you too um human and and this is a principle that you should always remember when you study the bible is that the bible is divine truth in human language there's a text in isaiah that says my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways in other words god has to kind of come down to our level to explain things so when he tells us what heaven is going to be like we don't even have the words to describe the wondrous, and you see, I struggle with saying it, but the, the, the great things that we're going to experience in heaven, we don't even have the words to describe it. That's why the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. We don't even understand it. We can't fathom it. So when we say in heaven, there's going to be joy, unspeakable joy, we can just say, it'll leave us speechless. We, we cannot describe it. Uh, and we just have to wait to get there to see it. But when we do see it, we will understand. What about when we get to heaven, are we going to know people? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12 says, then I shall be known even as I also, then I shall know even as also I am known. In other words, we're going to know the same people. Uh, I'm going to remember Roger and Courtney and Pastor Troy and Uncle Marvin and Jeff when I get to heaven. You know, I'm going to recognize you when I see you. Now, we may not recognize each other uh, because we might look a little different because maybe, you know, we, we um, because we will have those perfect bodies. So we might not have the same blemishes and things of that nature in heaven, but we will recognize each other. Uh, we will recognize the character. We'll recognize the personality of each other. We'll say, hey, I think that's so-and-so. But the good news is that we will continue to meet more and more people in heaven. And for those of you who are extroverted like me, you're going to have a ball. <laughs> but for those of you who are introverted as well, you're also going to have a ball because God and others will spend personal time with you. Heaven is just going to be so wonderful. And I, I like to tell this to you. And I'm, but, but it's, it's a joke, but I'm serious. I'm absolutely serious when I say this. When I get to heaven and you happen to walk by my mansion, if you hear some shouting, just know that it's me, you know, in the mansion or outside the mansion, leaping up and shouting because I'm glad I'm there. And if that shouting lasts a couple weeks, <laughs> after a while, you should just come and join me and praise God with me. Because I might have to spend a month or two shouting, but it doesn't matter because time won't matter because we'll all be in heaven for eternity. Because I'd just be so glad that I'm there. So I hope you can join me when we get there. <laughs> now, we have more good things, more good things that we can learn about heaven. Uh, Perina, Perina is joining us. I think, did I just add her? Yes. Welcome, Perina. I don't see her. I just added her. But um, there are more things, more things that we can learn about heaven. In Isaiah 35, it says, let, let's go back. And 
Isaiah, Isaiah tells us a lot about heaven. You know, Isaiah is that gospel prophet. And, and the gospel, that word gospel means good news. Good news is twofold. Number one, Jesus died. That's good news. Number two, Jesus is coming again. That's even greater news. So we have two, uh, uh, and Isaiah is that gospel prophet. And he talks about those two things, the death of Jesus in the future and the coming of Jesus in the future. And in Isaiah uh, chapter 35 and verse 10, he says, then the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Now I can't sing, but the Bible says when I get to heaven, I don't know the Lord is going to change my vocal cords and maybe I'll be able to sing a bit more. And maybe we can join a, a little angelic choir and hear the glorious music of the heavenly city. We think music down here is good. We just wait till we get up there and hear the angels singing the sweet chorus. But there's an old hymn that says that at some point, and the Bible confirms this too, that at some point the angels are going to sing their song to God, but then those who are from earth, the redeemed, they're going to start singing. And the angels are going to have to shut their mouths and cover their faces and fold their wings because they can't sing our song because they have not been through our struggle. They don't know what it's like to go through sin. They don't know what it's like to go through suffering that we've been to through. So when we get to heaven, we're going to have our own song about our own individual struggle that we had on this life and the gloriousness that God has brought us to. Psalm chapter 16. There's another, there's another um, thing that we can learn from Psalm 16 about heaven. Um, Roger, would you like to read that for us, if you can? Psalm 16 and verse 11, if, if possible. If not, I can, I can read it. I'll, okay, I'll read it. Um, it says, oh, Roger, just join back. Roger? I got it. Okay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy of your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand thank you very much now i told you about the the eternal uh i told you about how the garden of eden is the garden of pleasure and in heaven it says we're going to have eternal pleasures but then what you just read is it says you will fill me with the joy of your presence in other words just being in the presence of Jesus and in the presence of the Father and, and just in the presence of God in general, just being in their presence is going to make you excited. It, it reminds me of this, when, when, when a young man or a young lady, they start liking each other and, and they have affection for each other and so forth and they're dating and they're getting to know each other. Sometimes they don't even have to say anything. They just like being in the, each other's presence. And those of you who are younger, you're familiar with this thing called FaceTime. And I have friends who like to FaceTime their girlfriends or their boyfriends. And when they're FaceTiming them, they don't even say anything. They just like looking at each other. And they get all giddy and grinny because they're looking at each other just because they're just so in love and, and they like it. Well, the Bible says when we get to heaven, we won't have to say anything. Just when we're in his presence, we'll feel joy. We'll feel happy. We don't have to talk just to be there. Like a song that I know that says to see his blessed face. Oh, I want to see him. It's just going to be so wonderful to be in heaven. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls dancing and playing in the streets, according to Zechariah 8.5. In other words, there'll be children in heaven. Some of us have family members or friends who died young 
and in heaven, they're going to grow up. They're going to experience growth in heaven. There will be children in heaven that will grow up throughout eternity. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, in other words, we'll never get tired. We'll never get sick. We'll never lose energy in heaven. It's just so, it, 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 it's so unfathomable, unfathomable for us. Um, in, in, um, in high school and in middle school, I used to do cross country and run a little bit. And I think my uncle Marvin there, he used to run back in the day too. And, and I, you know, as you get older, you, you get pains and things of that nature and you can't run and blah, 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 blah. But in heaven, the Bible says, we'll just run on and run on and run on. And there's this text in John uh, that says that John and Peter were um, running to Jesus and the writer who is John had to make sure that he put that one disciple outran the other. It's just a little joke for preachers that like read that because John is trying to say that he was faster than Peter. He ran him in a race. So I have a joke that I like to say that when I get to heaven, I want to run and race John to see who's faster. <laughs> but when we get to heaven, we'll run and we won't get weary. We won't get tired. We'll enjoy days. We won't get sick. We won't have to take naps. None of that, all of that will be gone. But then it says, they shall mount up. I got to read this in Isaiah chapter 40. And you guys have probably heard this in sermons and in songs. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, it says that they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Now, this is the cool part. When I get to heaven and when you get to heaven, we're going to have two wings and we're going to be able to fly through the universe. Now, that's cool. That's cool to me because there's a song, Lord, I just want two wings so I can fly away to be at rest. The Bible is clear. When we get to heaven, we will have wings and we will fly like the angels. That's why Jesus said that we shall be like the angels when we get to heaven. Not saying we will be angels, but we will have qualities like angels, such as wings. We're going to fly. And I have this dream that one day I'll leave heaven and I'll fly through the universe and maybe I'll land on Mars and maybe I'll fly through the other galaxies and maybe I'll fly to the other, you know, places of space. Nothing, there will be no limits for us because we will be in heaven with God. I already told you we can't fully describe heaven because I have not seen nor ear heard. And neither has entered into the heart of man. That means the mind can't even think about it. The mind can't even comprehend it. You just have to be there to see it. You know, you know that, you know, sometimes you have a joke and you can't fully explain it to people, but that person has to just be there to experience the joke. The same thing for heaven. You know, you can't fully describe it. You just have to be there. And I'm counting on all of you to surrender your lives to Christ so that you will be there as well. And in Revelation 21, Verse three, the greatest thing about heaven is the Bible says God himself shall be with them. That is the best thing about heaven is we will see Jesus. We'll see the father. We'll see the Holy Spirit. We will be there with God. That's the greatest thing about heaven. Nothing else. The streets of gold are good and flying is good and all that other stuff is good. It, it excites me. But the best thing 
is that we will be with God himself. There are some people that say we'll never see God in heaven. That's not true for the Bible says God will be with them. We'll see him. We'll be able to touch him. Some of us will want to hug God and just, just sit there with him. We will experience that in heaven. There's so much that we'll do in heaven. The only thing, the only thing that can keep us from heaven is if we refuse to give our lives to Christ. That's the only thing. For the Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse 1 that, that, that our hearts should not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Jesus. In his Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, he would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And he said, the way I go, you know. And then Thomas looked at him and said, he said, Lord, how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. None cometh unto the Father but by me. John 1, I mean, John 14, 1 through 6. Jesus says the way to get to heaven is through him. And so if we're going to be saved, we have to come to Jesus and give our lives to him. Without Christ, we can't get there. But we can thank God for his mercy, for his truth, and for his love in making a way for us to get to heaven. Now, the Bible says if, you, if, if there's sin in your heart, you can't get to heaven. But we know the only way you can remove sin is through Jesus. So in order to even get rid of sin, you need Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Revelation 21 and verse 27 it says, there shall by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. Only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Listen, a racist cannot go to heaven. A murderer cannot be in heaven. Those individuals cannot enter heaven because they cause problems and cause suffering. But if the racist decides to give his life to Jesus and let Christ change his heart, then he too can enter the kingdom of heaven. All of us can be saved. The Bible says, he who overcomes, Revelation 21 and verse 7, shall uh, inherit all things. And we know that the only way we can overcome is by the blood of the Lamb, that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ must overcome for us. We must confess our sins daily to him and let him cleanse us from our sins so that we can be in that glorious kingdom. I don't know about you, but I want to be there. And I'm not, you know, people say that, but I mean that. I genuinely want to be in heaven. And I know that I can get there by Jesus Christ. If I just keep my eyes on him, I don't mean that literally, I mean that figuratively. You can't look at Jesus right now, but you can keep your eyes on him by studying his word, by thinking about him, by praying to him, by asking for the Holy Spirit. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you and I can both be in that glorious kingdom. Now, I didn't talk about everything about heaven because we don't have time. You know, we, we can't talk about everything. <laughs> but there's someone that may have a question that they're just curious, just curious. Uh, you know, kids like to ask curious questions a lot about heaven. And so I don't know, maybe you're just curious about some random thing that you want to know about heaven. Uh, put it in the chat or turn on your microphone and ask, and we can answer that question quickly. Curious about just some random thing about heaven.
And if not, you can just give me a thumbs up. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, Jeff. So, so some, and I think I know the answer to this already. So if we don't see family members there during a thousand years, we're going to go over that and then we're going to get through that and then enjoy heaven from there. Yes. Um, that's actually a good question. Um, and I think Pastor Troy touched on, well, he started talking about the cleansing of the sanctuary and the judgment last week. And of course, we need to understand the judgment is not for God. It's for us. Angels right now are looking at our records to see if God is fair and just. God already knows the truth and he knows our case. He knows everything. But it's God is trying to prove himself to us. So when we get to heaven, and we're there for the first 1,000 years in heaven, we're going to be a bit confused because we know there are going to be some people that we expected to be there that won't be there. That's why Revelation tells us that we are going to uh, judge individuals for 1,000 years. Here, here's what it says. It says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. That is the people, those who reign with him. Uh, it says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for Jesus uh, and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the beast, who had not received his image, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. In other words, those, excuse me, who worship God will, in the judgment, be able to read the books, and they'll be able to see why their friends and loved ones and individuals didn't make it. And when they read that, they'll say, you know, God is fair, God is just. Um, and they will accept that decision and accept the, the faithfulness and fairness and justice of God. I hope that made sense. Thumbs up if it did or something. Yeah, that made sense. Because um, um, the truth of the matter is God is not going to leave anything or any of us in the dark. You know, that's not, that's not God's intention. He wants us all to know everything and everything to be open and plain before us. Uh, Pastor Choi, what will happen to heaven when the new Jerusalem comes down to this earth? That's a good question. We read that in Revelation chapter 20. I didn't explain it, so forgive me. But Revelation chapter 20, and verse, and Pastor Choi obviously knows the answer to this question. That's why the second part of his question was so pointed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Revelation chapter 21, and uh, or chapter 20, tells us that I mean, 21, I'm sorry, tells us that the, the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven like a bride adorned for her husband. And of course, we know that new Jerusalem is coming down to the earth. Notice that it's coming down to the earth. And when it comes down to the earth, that's when God would destroy the wicked, burn the wicked. He'll burn them on the earth because remember, hell is not a place, but hell is a place that would hell is a thing that will take place on earth. Remember that. While the righteous are in the city that is on earth, the wicked will burn on earth, but the righteous will be protected from hellfire. At that time, when God finishes hellfire, Revelation 20 ends and Revelation 21 picks up and says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. In other words, John is saying, 
heaven and earth became one. Notice that. Heaven and earth became one. And when I say heaven, I mean New Jerusalem. This planet, after God has destroyed the wicked, will become the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem will be the capital of the entire universe. And the reason it's the capital of the entire universe is because Jesus died here. His love is manifested here. So this earth will become New Jerusalem. It will become the epicenter of heaven. Hope that made sense, Pastor Choi and everyone else. Um, any other questions? And if there's a question that you know you don't have answered, uh, I, I, you, of course you can always continue to ask and you can always ask the Holy Spirit, but sometimes not everything will be answered, especially when it comes to heaven. And so my mother used to say this to me when I was growing up, just wait till you get there. <laughs> just wait till you get there. And that is of course that you have to give your life to Jesus to get there. Pastor, uh, I mean, uh, Uncle Marvin says, if we don't age, do we stay as we arrive to heaven? Do you mean like the way we look when we get to heaven? Um, of course, we know that the Bible tells us that children will grow old. Um, children will grow, that is, when I say grow old, they'll grow up. So they'll grow up at, to be adults. Um, but as for the rest of us, those of us who are already adults and things of that nature, we will remain the same way. We won't age, we won't get old. Uh, of course, we'll get old as in the days go by, but there won't be any visual signs of age. Uh, does that make sense? There won't be any um, physical signs of age. You won't get wrinkles and things like that. Hope that made sense. Thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, he says yes. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Cool, cool. Um, so my prayer is that we all make it. My prayer is that we all make it and that we all get to be in that glorious city. One more thing that I want to tell you about heaven, and then we'll close for prayer. Uh, I told you that we're going to, well, this is a trick. Well, yeah, I'm going to ask a trick question. <laughs> when we get to heaven, because the lesson didn't talk about this, but when we get to heaven, um, the cool thing to me is, is that the Bible says that in Revelation chapter 20, 20, um, two, that he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. And of course, we have reason to believe from the book of Job and from uh, uh, Hebrews and so on and so forth, that there are other individuals, not just angels, but other worlds all across the universe, worlds that have never sinned. This is what we learned from the Bible. And when we get to heaven, we'll be able to interact with those individuals from other worlds and maybe being able to visit them. Now, some people say, well, how come we can't see those worlds now? The reason being is because you and I are sinful and they don't want anything to do with us. <laughs> so they're far, far away. We won't even see them and know where they are. But just like we can't see angels, but the truth is there are sinless people, other sinless individuals, nothing like us all across the universe. And in heaven, there will be more of them for God will continue to create and we'll be able to interact with them and talk with them and tell them and teach them about the love of Jesus because we've experienced it in such a different way. So that's cool to me. There's so many rich things that we'll be able to experience when we get to heaven. 
um, Pastor Troy, um, if you don't mind, if you're there, yes. could you close out uh, with prayer? Absolutely. <clears throat> Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, in our imaginations, got a, a very brief glimpse of what heaven could possibly be like. And Lord, we know the streets of gold, we're told, and, and the uh, crystal river and the river of life are all available to us there. Lord, we know that we can only imagine, but even our imagination cannot fathom what's in store for us, what you have in store for us. We claim that promise in John 14, 1 through 3, where Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We yearn for that so much, Lord. We want to be there where you are right now. And with the world and the things that are taking place around it, we're sick of this world. We, we want to go home. And Lord, we pray that you'll please come into our hearts, claim us and receive us completely, fill us with your spirit, forgive us for our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and through that very blood that cleanses us from all sin, may we also overcome so that we can sing that song of Moses and the Lamb when we are up there in heaven. Uh, bless all those who joined us tonight for the study. Lord, you know what they're going through. Lord, give them your added grace and strength to help them through whatever it is that they are faced with. Because we know that we're more than able to overcome through your, your power and through your help. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Be with us till we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this weekly podcast. If you like what you heard and you would like to get more resources like this, you can check out our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash biblevision777. We also have a Facebook page, which you can check out, facebook.com forward slash biblevision777. And if you'd like to contact us for questions or inquiries or special events, you can contact us at biblevision777 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day.